Welcome to Breaking the Norm. You found us on the dial, and it is an honor to be with you today. Breaking the Norm is a show that is all the good stuff in sports, music, movies, any kind of entertainment, business, all kinds of good stuff. We want to bring you some cool people so you can hear some cool stories, maybe something that you didn't know about. And uh, you know my love, if you're a regular listener of the show, you know that I have a love for things like good books, uh, my faith, the Olympics, and music, and sports, obviously, as a former MLB player, for a short time anyway. But there's a really cool guest that we have on the show today. If you're a music lover, and you grew up in the 80s and 90s, which I did, you're going to love the show today. She is uh, an amazing performer from that stage. But before we get there, I want to give a big shout to truckmovers.com. Um, one truck to a fleet of thousands used equipment or finished right out of the factory. Truck Movers has the capacity to get it done safely, efficiently. And it's the industry-leading technology in the web services that are going to track the vehicles right there online. Don't even have to move. You're going to get the real-time reports, not the delayed stuff. Get all the metrics. You'll be informed with everything. So, for a free quote, call 816-861-5444 or just visit truckmovers.com today because nobody moves more trucks and nobody moves them better than truckmovers.com. So, here's an interesting thing uh, about January. It's cold. It just snowed. There was a little bit of ice and then snow, and then today it's going to be in the 50s, and it's probably going to snow in a couple weeks again, and it's it's weird to me now as an adult that I don't play baseball anymore, even as a kid. But this is the time where if you have a youth baseball or softball player, this is the time where you have to start booking tournaments because people book it up. There's these things called stay-and-play tournaments, and these things are going on like mad. I mean, like mad. They're they're everywhere. It is it's crazy. It is absolutely crazy, but in a good way. And I've had the honor, many of you know, I've had the honor of coaching my kids. They're they're basically their their whole baseball lives what they wanted to do. And it's been so cool to travel with them and I could care less about winning, have some fun, learn a few things, and then hang out. And if you want to go to college at this stage, they're in late high school age. And so it's almost that time. Some are going to go to college, some aren't, but they're going to play on great turf college fields like Wichita State and Kansas State and uh, Benedictine and uh, some some incredible high school fields like in Wichita at uh, um, Mays North and South and just all, all over the place. Um, in Iowa, we've done that. I mean, just everywhere. But here's the cool thing. They're great memories, and um, it's time to book hotels. It's time to get the fees in. It's time to start booking your spot for these because it's such a competitive thing, these baseball tournaments. But but it's that time of year to set it up and, and, and get it ready. So as part of the show, I want to tell you about these two organizations. Um, you, you've heard it before. You're going to hear the spots for these, but but they're, in, they're incredible people running incredible programs. The first one was Perfect Game Midwest, and for years we played – MSP, which is Midwest Sports Productions, Jeremy McDowell and his amazing crew with an incredible vision to bring uh, these incredible experiences to, to people. And when you hear, okay, a baseball tournament, that's really going to foster character, sportsmanship, fair play, um, you know, to players, fans, and umpires. I mean, look, it, it's people are going to be people. But here's the deal. When you run your organization like that, from the top to the bottom, when your people buy in, and then the people that you hire, like umpires and, and uh, 
tournament directors and things like that, then then they're going to expand that as well. And when you get umpires to buy in who are with the people and they keep things under control, and sure, you and I have met many a parent that has gone way overboard or just chirps or makes it about them or it's all winning-winning or anything that ends up doing more harm than good. But regardless of that, uh, Jeremy McDowell and the people at MSP started from the beginning to foster that, that character and sportsmanship and fair play. And their umpires have always done an incredible job. I've got so many stories that I can't begin to tell you how much they have lived it. And we know that when someone says something, you might believe it. At least it will interest you in investigating. But when someone says something and then they back it and then go above and beyond, that's an organization you want to be with. And that's why we've played with Midwest Sports Productions. Now, when I found out that they were going to be Midwest Sports Productions was going to be no more. I was like, whoa, wait, what in the world? Because it's been 15 years now. This would, be, this would have been their 15th year. But then I found out that they were just teaming up with another incredible organization that was founded in 95 by Jerry Ford up in Iowa. And the goal for them was just to help the kids learn and develop baseball skills. Um, they were the industry leader across the country in showcasing and, and scouting high school baseball talent just on that national scale. It just gives them exposures for college and pro sports pro scouts um and and i've, I've said the stats before uh, there's a lot of M- former mlb draft picks and players in all-star games that have played in perfect game i've had many players play in perfect game even before we started playing in perfect game tournaments a long time ago but perfect game midwest also has or perfect game has the the pg cares perfect game cares foundation which provides guidance and mentorship for poverty-stricken children within america's at-risk communities and they're backing it up, too. And so you can see that character and giving back and, and helping kids and communities. You get two organizations like that, and then they combine. It's just incredible. So Midwest Sports Productions and Perfect Game around this area form Perfect Game Midwest. And, man, I tell you, we've played their tournaments now for a few years since they combined, and, and they're incredible. They're all wood bat tournaments for the baseball side. They're softball tournaments. They're, they're really increasing exposure for fast-pitch softball, too. And, and these tournaments are they're sold out. The umpires are great. The the venues are great. The um, uh, not just the umpires, but I'm sorry, the uh, the schedules are great. They work with people. It really is cool. So for them, I want you to go to perfectgamemidwest.org on Twitter and Instagram. Both it's just at PG Midwest. You can follow them on Facebook or just give them a call. Find out. Go to their website and check out the tournament schedule because you need to start getting into those now. I know we are already. I mean, I'm I'm booking June tournaments like last week. So they're at 913-543-6116. It's 913-543-6116. Now, on the other side of that, there's another organization that we've played with for years, ever since my kids were little as well. And it is uh, KC Sports here in the KC metro area. And they've got some really cool things coming up, and they're booking up. We used to play up in Liberty at this place called Fountain Bluff. And Fountain Bluff was was a, it's a really cool complex, a ton of fields, a ton of clover leaves, and it did overlook this bluff. And it seems like it's kind of in the middle of nowhere, which sometimes is good because you get this baseball environment and this baseball feel, and you're overlooking just God's creation, man. It's just beautiful in the in the spring and summer out there, and then when the fall and the leaves start falling, it is really a cool place up in Liberty. Well, now what they've done to even improve it is now all their fields are turf, and so games don't rain out uh, as much. I mean, every once in a while when it's pouring down rain, you can't play during that, but but it's a lot less. And um, they have just been an excellent organization, and I've loved working with these people um, for for years. I mean, the Fortuna brothers and their amazing staff, uh, Dwayne, Seth, 
so many of these guys have been more than outstanding providing tournaments in the KC Metro. And they, they want to congratulate the founder and CEO of KC Sports, who's Rick Fortuna. And this year he was awarded the CEO Outstanding Achievement Award at the UCCA National Convention. It was pre- presented by UCCA CEO Donnie DiDonatis, uh, and it was for Rick's excellence and achievements as the chairman of the board for UTRIP over the 2021. Um, they're honored to be a part of UCCA. It has grown so much over the years, and they've got some really cool things. They're just improving and improving. So here's some things you could sign up for. Uh, UCCA Midwest Major Series. Now, you're thinking, wait a minute, I don't live in Kansas City. I'm hearing this, but I'm not in Kansas City. Do you think that th- these are not just Kansas City tournaments people come from all over my teams have played against south dakota minnesota uh nebraska um colorado um kansas of course missouri arkansas kentucky tennessee there are teams from all over the midwest and further that travel to come and play in these tournaments so you're going to get great competition instead of seeing the same teams at every tournament that you might play in the kc metro area so um you can sign up for the UCCA Midwest Major Series, which is powered by Easton. KC Sports is hosting two of those five events in the series. Um, ages 9 through 14, major teams only. No single A, double A, triple A, just major. Um, April 8th through the 10th of this year, and it'll be at the Mid-America Sports Complex. And they've done eight turf fields now. They'll be done for that event. Um, another great complex that is now improving everything. Lots of series championship awards for players and teams. And so you can go to midwest-utriplesay.com slash 2022 slash Midwest Major Series, or you can just go to the kcsports.org website. Also, the Grade 8 Championships, and they say, well, we're not major. We're not AAA, or, or we're, we're not major, but now they've got AA and AAA tournaments called the Grade 8 Championship, and that's a four-game guarantee played on the turf at the Capitol Federal Sports Complex, April 8th through the 10th as well. They're both NIT events that award greater points than the normal UCCA qualifiers. And then finally, the UCCA Points Race Challenge. This is a really cool thing. The points race winners, you play in tournaments, you place well, you get points. And so the points race winners are awarded at the state, regional, national levels. And if you want to find out more about that, you can go to kcsports.org or uccasa.com slash points dash race dash baseball. Um, yeah, make sure you check those out or just go to kcsports.org and find out more about all the tournaments, not just in April, but all through all through uh, the season. And uh, you'll find that they are some great experiences, not too far to play. And those turf fields are fantastic, man. It, it really is uh, just a great experience for the kids. So real quick, we're on the topic of baseball. I want to switch to the whole MLB thing. And many of you are chomping at the bit like, are they going to play baseball? You got billionaires and multimillionaires and all that. I get it. I completely get it. I've never been a multi-billionaire. I don't know what that's all about and on the ownership or the front office side. I don't I don't get all that stuff. It's not I can only think from the player's side, but again, I know players make money and all that. It's just just remember, it's different when you're not in the situation. And so when you are in the situation, you end up uh, thinking a little differently. And I'm I'm with you. I'm hoping that they play baseball. The only thing that I'll say, and you're probably going to say this is coming from the player side of things, but the only thing that I will say is that there is a difference between improving the game and meddling with the game. And I'm not a big fan of our commissioner. 
Um, I feel like so many changes want to be made, and I get that it's a business, and I get it's about the fans. Absolutely get it. Business is business, and you got to have, even though there's a love of baseball and the game and the history and you want to keep it old school, it is still business. Anytime money changes hands from $1 to a zillion dollars, it's a business, and you have to understand it's a business, even if it's tough for you to overlook that. And that's why there's agreements and unions and all different kinds of things. And so for me, just my opinion only, nobody else's opinion, just my opinion only, when you continue to try to meddle with the game and get involved and you're not on the field, you don't have to live out and play out and experience what's going on, it becomes too much of a business. Not only are you thinking, well, if you know it's a business, how can you say that it's too much of a business? Well, there comes a time when you change the game that people have been loving for over 100 years. I think it goes from improving to meddling. I know there's marketing. There's new stadiums. They're great for the game. And there's some changes that people are going to make. And, and look, you have to change in every area of life. We all want to get better. We all want to grow personally, business-wise, professionally, faith-wise, whatever it may be. And so we have to understand that part of it. But there comes a time when you just get to a point where you're meddling and that is what ruins the game. And so I just hope that Major League Baseball wakes up a little bit and that they come to an agreement. They can have a decent full spring training, but if not full, almost full because the, it hurts the fans. It hurts the minor league guys who have not made the money and that are trying to come up. And remember, they've eliminated a lot of teams and not as many guys get drafted. So there are so much fewer chances for guys that aren't first-round picks that make a lot of money. And so... Um, you know, you've got the independent leagues, but that those have been depleted. The minor league cities, those have been depleted. And, and that ruins a lot of cities economically because they rely during the spring and summer months on the income from working at those baseball stadiums, from the restaurants to the souvenir shops to the gate people to the parking people to the front office people, all those things. If they're not playing, they're not working because there aren't as many jobs in those small towns. So... I'm all about improving, but I am never, ever, ever, even one little click approving of meddling in any way, shape, or form. It drives me crazy. It bothers me. Just call me old school. Okay, so our guest today, um, you know, when I grew up in the 80s, I've shared this with you all. When I grew up in the 80s, I adored music. It got me through a lot. I'm an emotional guy. Um, man, my sophomore year in 1985, you're talking about getting a driver's license, winning a state championship. Um, uh, the 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 Bears win a Super Bowl, uh, a suburb of Chicago where I grew up, Braidwood, Illinois, in about an hour south. Um, the the Bulls were incredible. Okay, I was a Cub fan, and we know they were losing at that time, but so what? I mean, I just love the Cubs, and I was playing baseball. Man, it it doesn't get any better than that. I mean, what an incredible year of life. And the cool thing about when we think back, both to tough times and good times, is we get to a point where. We can remember if we hear a song, <clears throat> if we hear a song, it will take us back to all those times, whether they're good or bad. And sometimes even the bad help us to improve later on, unless they're really, really bad, and then I get it. But thinking back on the music, and when, when you hear a song from way back in the day, you're thinking, wow, it is, uh, I remember those days. Those were awesome for the most part. And then sometimes you'll have a situation that will be similar and that will make you think about the song. So in 1987, I was a senior in high school and then went until 1991 through four and a half years of college before I got drafted by the Royals. And there was this, there was this singer that came out that took the world by storm, okay? Her name is Taylor Dane. In 87, it was 
Tell It To My Heart in 88. Prove Your Love, I'll Always Love You, Don't Rush Me. 89, With Every Beat in My Heart. 90, and my favorite, her number one, Love Will Lead You Back. I'll Be Your Shelter in 90, Heart of Stone. And then Send Me a Lover, is actually that's actually my second favorite. It didn't chart as high as the other ones. Originally, I had thought she had seven, but it ended up being that she had 12 top tens, depending on the chart that you look at. Um, incredible albums. Rolling Stone rated her the 18th best female dance artist of all time. Billboard magazine, the number 28th most successful dance artist of all time. And when we come back, we're going to ask her all kinds of questions. Not your normal questions. We're going to talk about motherhood, growing up in New York, uh, childhood memories, collaborations. Uh, she's got uh, a concert coming up uh, January 27th in L.A., so that's a that's an exciting thing as well. So we're going to talk everything Taylor Dane. I'm excited about this. And hey, did you know that she's also an actress? Yeah, check it out. Both TV, movies, and Broadway, and she crushes it. So um, we're going to ask her all about those really cool things. It's a bucket lister for me. So uh, make sure you stay right there for Taylor Dane coming up shortly. Stay right there from Taylor Dane. We'll be right back. Welcome back into the show. Uh, and as promised, and and I want to make sure that you guys know this, when when we have people that are so amazingly busy and so amazingly popular and they're doing so many different things, there is a specific time frame that I'm told by their reps they're going to call in. And I'm telling you, as soon as the clock hit to the second, my phone rang and my guest was on the other line. Of course, I screwed it up and hit the wrong button and she had to call right back. But we, <laughs> we, we've got her right here. And so listen, you all know here on Breaking the Norm that one of the three or four different things I love in life are music and especially incredible voices. And over the years, I've, you know, you've heard of, and we're talking the female voices, and you've heard voices, that these great voices of all time. You've heard like Aretha Franklin, Celine Dion, Whitney Houston, Mariah Carey, and I'm going to put in right in there in the mix, right there with them, not below, right there with them is my, is my guest now. And it, when you've heard her sing, and I grew up, and we're, we're really close to the same age, but still it, it was around that time, high school mm -hmm. and college for me, and then it still went on, but... Her voice is unique. It's it's this raspy, powerful, gritty, effortless, amazing thing that literally could take your mind and maybe your body to another place. Um, <laughs> but my guest is none other than the Taylor Dane. Taylor, thank you so much for being here and uh, for taking oh, the time. That was really amazing. Thank you. Uh, we're, you're welcome, but we're not done. I mean, I just wanted to okay. hurry up. And, I just want you to start talking because they don't want to hear me. They want to hear from you. And so, hey, you can well, go to. that was pretty good. Yeah, well, thanks. Um, go to TaylorDane.com on Twitter. You can find her at TaylorDane. Um, she is obviously uh, an incredible, one of the greatest female singers of all time in my heart and in my opinion. And I think that's true because it's my show. So you're just going to have to deal with that. But uh, she, <laughs> singer, songwriter. Um, dancer, performer. This girl can perform. Wow. Unbelievable. Three-time Grammy-nominated superstar. Seven U.S. top ten singles, including the number one Love Will Lead You Back, and we're going to talk about those because there's more. She is an author, uh, and we'll talk about that. That's I, I love the title. Well done. She sold over 75 million records worldwide. That may <laughs> hit a billion when she's done, but uh, man, uh, I don't... I have to keep it together, Taylor, because I have to talk to you. But goodness gracious. I'm I mean, loving that. Uh, well, thanks. I appreciate that. But when you hear all those things, it's, we're almost at 30 years in the business. 
and oh, that's yeah. a good thing, not a bad thing. But when you when you hear I'm those things, thirty years in the business. Okay, yeah. all right. But when when you and Absolutely. and you're a mom, you got twins that you said yeah. turn twenty now. Guys, start. Yep, they're twenty. I know. Doesn't it go fast? It does, and yet it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Last three years were the torture years, but yeah, they're amazing. Yeah, when they get to be teenagers and start to know everything, and I put quotes under the no, but um, yeah. So Rolling, <laughs> Rolling Stone ranks you the 18th best female dance artist of all time. Billboard magazine ranks you the 28th most successful dance artist of all time. I still think those should be higher as well, but still, I mean, when you hear Thank all those things, that. you're welcome. Yeah, it's well-deserved. It's well-earned. When you hear that stuff, what do you think? I... um. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's hard to really think about that. Like, you really just, like, I sit around every day and go, oh, wow, it's a number. You right. really, I'm always trying to, you know, challenge that, if you will. And yeah. uh, let's just put it as the top, let's, let's get into the top 10, right? Right. Right. That's, That's what you would say, Les. That's yeah. what you would say. Absolutely. I mean, I met my first top 10 ranking list as a college baseball player was, was really, really cool. Um, th- mm. but you know, it was only one and you've done it multiple times. So, that's, <laughs> you know, and we, we wow. talked about this before, but you know, we, people talk about your, your seven U S top 10 singles and they're all amazing. I mean, your run of it top 10. Well, I it's, I had 12. it might be 12 top 10s, but yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure it's 12. okay. 12, but you had a run starting in 87, your run that does continue on today. But I mean, the top 10s that you were bringing out, bringing out, bringing out, and then you had to bring Love Will Lead You Back in 1990. That just made me stop right. listening to everything else on the radio except that <laughs> song. But, um, man, it, it, and the amazing thing Well, because for, you had a dating faux pas. You know, you, you had did. Actual, you know, it actually brought out the your, your real world. Your real world clashed, collided with pop, pop, pop 10. Yeah, and, you know, it, it, I'm glad you say that, too, because one of the things I say on the show, and, and this is why I'm so honored by somebody as talented, gifted, hardworking, successful as you, Taylor, is that music, when all of us, it's such a small percentage of people that can do what you do and in such a way that you've done it all these years. So for those of us that can't and we do other things, when we're going through great times in life, sad times in life, or there's these little memory pockets throughout our whole life that we remember, and as soon as a memory comes up, something will trigger a memory. Usually a song will trigger the memory, or a memory will trigger the song, and you were such a huge part of that. I mean, a huge mm-hmm. part of that. And, yeah. and not just for me, for, for everybody that grew up in that time, and that's got to feel pretty good. It sure does, because obviously I'm a, you know, I, I was a music lover my entire childhood, obviously, so those artists are the ones that inspired me, right, that I looked up to. Well, who were those? So to hear that, uh, well, I mean, it goes, right? So when in my really younger years, it was just the, the, the AM, right, F, AM radio. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, everything was on there in the 70s. It was Karen Carpenter to Bill Withers, right, to, yeah. to lean on me, right? Like, it's just, you know, sunny day, sunny day. I mean, to, um, I guess you would say Crosby, Stills, and Nash, the Stones, clearly the Beatles. And then as I got older and I was listening to more singer-songwriters, the Joni Mitchells and Neil Youngs and even country rock like Leonard Skinner. And, sure. of course, then I went more into the blues and, and R&B. But, uh, yeah, it developed at different times, my voice and different, you know. But it was very eclectic, you know, Marvin Gaye, Al Green for me, really. Yeah. 
so when you had when did you know i mean when did you know and when did you start singing as a child and you're like you know, i'm i'm not in an arrogant way but i mean in a way like okay well i do have some talent i can do this um i lived i grew up in new york yeah. so my parents were avid theater goers and they you know we uh my mom was a singer at one point obviously she chose to be more of a homemaker later on but music was in my home so it was either some off off broadway production playing like you know man of la mancha or the fantastics and then of course we were uh schlepped into the city because we i was born in new york city then we lived in the bronx and then i think when we were five when i moved to long island and my dad gave me a radio. We heard Sundays was the family day where the music would be playing. My dad would be cooking, like, you know, making some eggs or something, you know, for breakfast. And we'd take a walk to the deli. And that was really, I would say by four or five, because I know I had a solo by five in kindergarten. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus, but it was good. You know what, Taylor? You could sing this. My parents' enti- jaw was on the floor, you know? Yeah, you. if you would like, you could just sing every word that you say for the rest of the show, and I'd be fine with that. <laughs> I think I should for you. Uh, you oh, know. I'm... I, hey, let's. Yeah, I will. Hey, yeah, I'll just... As soon as you... I just want you to know, if you start breaking out into song again, I will... I'm going to stop talking because I want to listen. <laughs> uh, but hey, we're... Any, any, anything for you, Les. You ask and you get. Thank How about... I'll, I'll just call you in a month on my birthday. How's that sound? Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, that'd be great. You All right. know it. Okay, yeah. so I, I, when you got to high school, or like you graduated high school, you started singing like group-wise, didn't you? You, you were in like a couple bands yeah. or group? I was in a band actually in high school, seriously, but that's when I was more, you know, you know those, that, that time was 80, uh, 79, 80, 81. I was doing... Um, that was really my Joni Mitchell period, Neil mm. Young, yeah. all that. So it was much more singer-songwriter. But, I mean, I was doing a lot of, you know, performing at, at school a little bit. But, yeah, I was already starting with my new bands, you know. And one of them was original band right out of high school, so I was 18. And, uh, yeah, first band was Felony. Were you writing songs then, too? They were writing the songs in that one. I was just lucky to get a microphone, I think. Whoa. They were like, we're putting a chick in the band? Oh, my God. Well, they did the right thing. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and then from there, you went to college. Woo-hoo! And then when yeah. you graduated college, is that when you hit the solo? What's the pillow? The solo, not the pillow. Oh, solo? The solo. Yeah. The yeah. Pillow. I'm like, I hit the pillow. No, no, solo. no. That left. You're fine. Yeah, that's just years of hard hearing. That's all right. Um, no, I mean, I was, yes, I was in that band, Felony. Then I was in another band called The Next. I mean, this is all, we did, we did showcases in the city. I flew to LA once because they, you know, labels were already interested in whatever band I was in, but I was done and done by probably, yeah, when I graduated college, I was so over being in a band because, you know, five different opinions, five different this, and I wasn't really um, committed to the band. You know, I did two years with one, two years with another, and I was done. And then, yeah, solo it was. Wow. And back on the grind. The rest of us are blessed because of that decision. Okay, so here's what we're going to yeah. do. For the rest of the time, based on, because in the first segment, I have laid a lot of stuff out. And so for this segment, I'm going to ask you just some cool questions, get to know you, and we'll, okay. our remaining time, we're going to throw <laughs> these out there. And um, I, I, I want to ask this question first, which I love. I'll bounce around a little bit. But the, the, the title of your book is great, by the way. I already bought it. So 
Outstanding. <laughs> Haven't read it yet, but I'm excited. And I'm excited because it's you and because of this title. Tell it to my heart how I lost my sure, conquered my fear, and found my voice. Love the title. <laughs> what what was it? Yeah, what is it? Tell it. What's the book about? Well, how I lost my sure. <laughs> Yep. It, 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 it's letting you know that there's no purpose. This, this is not a, a, a quick ascension, nor is there overnight stardom, nor is there anybody that comes out, goes into the journey unscathed. Yeah. Found my voice, right? But conquered my fears because um, I think that above all is uh, everybody has their uh, calling card or their, their, their Achilles heel. And for me, it was uh, I had pretty uh, exhausting anxieties when I was young. Really? A little bit of a. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've battled yeah. that, panic too. Attacks. Lots of panic attacks. Definitely. Wow. And, um, you know, let's put that on top of uh, anorexia or bulimia. You know, you got a, a perfect 16-year-old, you know? Yeah, I understand. Wow. Exactly. So that so, actually... Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, no. So um, I think that in of itself, when conquering fear, I mean, it, it finds its way. It's like when they say, you're just repeating the same relationship over and over again with different people. So again, we have these, these built-in voices within us that, in, and certainly since we're young kids, these are the, the stories we have in our head. But I found somatically, it stayed in my body. Like my stomach was always tight. You know, things that I've had to work out somatically and, you know, we're, I get a reaction and I don't even know what it's from, but that same tightness is in my stomach or in my throat or my mind races, things like that. And that's right. just levels of anxiety and fear and conquering. And I've found different ways and all of it leads back to having a daily practice of some nature. Right. And, and the interesting thing, my next question would have been, I've read so much in doing the research that a lot of your ascent to stardom was against the odds. And I'm thinking, okay, she is beautiful and talented and can sing anybody off a stage. She's can, can write and dance and has all these things. But again, I always say this behind every face, there's a drama unfolding and we don't know sure. what we don't know. And so I'm assuming that was a lot of your against all odds kind of thing. Cause that's a lot to battle for someone that's going to be front and center all the time. Well, it's more an internal battle. People don't see that, right? When you're when yeah. you have crippling fears or anxiety or panic attacks, and you're anorexic or bulimic, you know mo most of these girls. I mean, you're not going to see this stuff on the outside, although you it'll look good maybe on one level. The torture is from within, um, and it lent itself to you know my uh, to being more controlling of my career ultimately, and and where you see I, I seem to be more of a force where I I'm very. Um, I've taken a lot of things, you know, from creating my own labels to obviously tell to my heart, which I ended up getting signed by Arista. But this has all been produced on my own, done, and not just my own, but with partners or whatever. Sure. But I'm saying, like, you know, really, because there is no, like, no knight in shining armor rolled into my life. Or no, this is no Cinderella story, you know? Mm -hmm. It's grit, it's tough, and it's a New York, it's a New York story. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Grit is a great word. I and got dirty, you know? Mm -hmm. I had to. Okay, so we're going to run through. I know, again, short on time. I want to be respectful. You let me know if we're getting up against it because there's got to sure. be one question for sure I'm going to ask you at the very end. All right, here's a question. Has love taught you anything? Absolutely. Many things. Okay. Not just anything. Well, many things. Give me anything you want to tell me on that, Miss Taylor Dane. Well, there's different loves, right? If we're talking romantic love versus any, children, what might— Any kind of love. Any kind of love that you feel like has been impressionable on you? 
Well, this first love that comes to mind is, um, you know, I've been taught that love is energy, right? And it's the energy and it never ends. It doesn't die. It's an energy and what you put into it, you know, what you get. But at the same time, with my children, I've known mistakes, right? Mom, as a mom, single sure. mom, my God, I've made tons of them. But I do hold on to the thought that tomorrow's a new day. And That's I'll good. make it better. And That's I will be a better person tomorrow because today blew up. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So we have that option. Yeah. I can relate, man. I've been so hard on myself as a dad. And I mean, I had my, my bride and I are getting ready to celebrate 25 years and I've made Amazing. those screw ups, but you had to do it by yourself. So yeah. Okay. Mm. Next question. Yeah. What can you remember your best, one of your best childhood memories? Oh, um, sure. I just always being around the pool. We grew up in an apartment building, but there was that pool there in the center of our buildings yeah. where everybody congregated. And I can still, you know, when you talk about that experience at Music House Sensorial, it is, mm -hmm. I can still hear Karen Carpenter right close to you. Yeah. I can still smell the band of soleil. I can still see the tans on the girls and I can still see the, the lifeguard. I can still hear the sounds mm. of all the kids screaming and the joy and running around the pool. And I still smell my mom, you know? And, wow. Yeah. You, you're a great storyteller. You can just tell with your details. <laughs> That's impressive. Uh, Seriously. That, that, I mean, a beautiful moment. That's a beautiful moment. I'm probably sure I could pull up a really crappy one and yeah. find something. I'm sure too, we, that was, right. yeah. it, I'm sure we all could, but pool. you know what? Yeah. Doesn't that make us who we are though? Right. Amen. Yeah. Okay. Um, you've worked with a lot of people, sang with a lot of different people. You don't have to say the worst, although it was part of the question. The question was, who are your best and worst collaborations? You don't have to do – it's up to you. But you can just do best if you want to because we're, we're not trying to throw anybody under the bus. I just find sure. it very interesting. Hmm. Give that some thought. You know, some things just run dry. I'm not sure that, like, you know, it doesn't – have bigger legs uh, something sometimes meeting people is just more of a disappointment than not hmm. i've had that experience um and then i've had the experience of meeting you know and, and, and we're talking celebrities um uh where it's been just magical yeah but i found that more on film sets because you really collaborate with people you know when you're when you're filming things you're really working on a set with people very closely when it comes to and I found disappointments there or support, you know? Yeah. Because I don't, you know, I'm, I don't feel like my muscle in acting is anywhere near my muscle when it comes to singing. So, you know, you need more support there. So I found some people really challenging, and then I found some of them quite supportive. So mm. there so, you have it. So do you like Broadway better than TV or film? No, not at all. I don't, okay. there's not one or the other. I mean, it all comes down to the material, right? Right. Um, I love doing Broadway, but... If you ask me if I love being on doing the same role for eight months, ten months, not yeah. even close. Yeah, that'd be I'm tough. I'm not used to that. That'd be tough. In the same room. But, you know, you what you don't realize is that that audience is revolving. It's changing every show. Yeah. And that the impact is so extraordinary. I learned so much from doing Broadway. I learned so much from doing anything, as we all should. But, the, right. But, no, TV, you know, when I'm shooting a TV or a film, like, no, it's always like it's been a little bit more unscripted TV of late, you know, if I'm masking, I mean, that kind of stuff. But. When I'm actually acting, yeah, you can really dig into that, you know, depending on your role. It's fun. It's That's a lot good. Of fun. Yeah. So, 
I need to let people know if you never watched the show, and Taylor, you're going to know what I'm going to say right away. We're talking with Taylor Dane. Yes, the Taylor Dane. That's You don't know any other Taylor Danes in your life, so don't act like you wonder what Taylor Dane that is. There's only one. So um, you know it. You know it. I got you. So if you haven't watched the show, The Masked Singer, you're missing out. And you need to go on there and check out some of the performances if you haven't seen it. If you have, I know you're going to agree. But my, oh, my gosh, some of my favorite and blew all the judges away until I think Jenny McCarthy finally figured out it was you. But yeah. um, Taylor Dane as Popcorn on The Masked Singer. <laughs> Girl, wow. <laughs> wow. I mean, yeah. I, it made me forget that I was watching someone in a popcorn uni- uh, outfit. And... I had a ball. Yeah, right? Was that he fun? He was just so amazing. Popcorn. <laughs> oh, my God. I love being Oh, boy. Oh. oh, yeah, it was great. That's pretty good. It was, that, the voice, I right. guess. Yeah. No, and then they sometimes, they didn't really have to put it through the thing, you know, the voice coding. <laughs> no. But the, yeah. but, the, but the strength, I mean, I've always known it because I've always listened to your work, but just the strength and the notes and you're singing other people's stuff, and it's just one of those, like, yeah. um, wow, I, I I look at the TV when I watch shows like that, and someone really blows me away. And all I can do is just stare at the screen. I'm just like, wow. And those were some wow performances. You were so, so good. Expected, but so incredibly good on there. So I'm glad you had fun doing that. Thank you, my love. All right. It was really something else. Yeah. Yeah. Last question. Are we good on time for one more? Yes, yes, yes. Awesome. Okay. The Taylor Dane with, you said, 12 top tens, three-time Grammy-nominated superstar, author. She's sold over 75 million records worldwide. Author, in my heart, one of the greatest voices, singers, and performers of all time. Not of my generation, because I listen to music and watch performers over all generations. Love, love, love. They've gotten me through some of those long bus rides in the minor leagues or some of the most difficult times of my life in high school or college or whatever. And and she is right up there on this list. So, Taylor, not the physical, but just mm-hmm. when, when Taylor Dane looks in the mirror, tell me what she sees. Um, usually I'll do that first thing in the morning if I'm really being cognizant and do a couple of affirmations and I just look, got to stare myself in the eyes and just say, good morning, Taylor. I love you. Thank mm. you, God, for this day. It's one of the best days of my life. That's good. I'm open and receptive to receiving all good. It's a daily practice and I have to look myself in the eyes and breathe it in. Mm. So give when myself that power, give myself that reminder every that, day. That's awesome. And we were talking at the beginning to close this thing out. You know, you've been in it 30 years and you've done some incredible things. And one of the things I love about you, too, is that that you're honest. Um, I know, by the way, when, when you're acting and I've seen some of your work, when you're acting, is there some of that New York girl that comes out in you? I don't think I can hide it. I know. I love it. I, I was hoping you were going to say there, yes. There's the poor acting. <laughs> oh, I'm man. I'm play a British nanny anytime soon. No. So the talent just it never leaves you. It just keeps just new <laughs> stuff. It's unbelievable. <laughs> so when you look back on all this incredible stuff that you've done, and, you know, you're going to, I assume you're going to keep working. You're going to keep going. Absolutely. That's yeah. yeah. We've got our, some, a lot of tour dates coming up in 2022, as you can see. A uh, new album coming out. That's really 
the most exciting. Game 10, we're launching that as a streaming series, and this new record, I'll, uh, I'll be debuting and actually showcasing some of that new stuff on January 27th here in L.A. In it's L.A. It's to be Grammy week, so we kind of set aside this special show and showcase a lot of industry, but I'm very excited. So listen, everybody, go to TaylorDane.com. You can see those tour dates. In February, she jumps yeah. out to Kentucky, and there's a bunch of other dates in there. I'm still ticked that you're not coming to Kansas City, but I got to talk to you where most people can't, so my heart Amen. is satisfied. It's satisfied. I'm okay. Yeah. I'm going to be, I'm gonna be all right. You, sweet. Thank you, Les. Yes. What a great, great interview. Thank you so much. And listen, um, my best to you. Keep doing what you do, and thank you for sharing your thank talent you. and being a part of so many people's lives and memories it is truly uh, an amazing thing, and you continue to crush it. Thank you so much. Thank you, Les. Likewise. Thank you so, right. so much, guys. You take care, Bye. Taylor. That is Taylor Dane, and um, I love when people are real. I love when, um, you know, you could tell right off when, when someone like that gets on the phone and just starts messing around and joking around and having a good time and, and all that, and that's what I want to do because I'll tell you what, I'm not – going to be crazy over impressed but i'm not going to be under impressed either because when people work hard and they're successful there's something to admire about that and uh i've listened to her stuff which is why i wanted her on the show and it was a huge blessing and probably a bucket lister to have her on the show but um taylor dane's been a part of that for a long time i graduated high school in 1987 when tell it to my heart came out and then in 88 prove your love i'll always love you don't rush me they were all on the tell it to my heart album and then uh, 89 and 90 brought, with every beat of my heart, I'll be your shelter, heart of stone, and then love will lead you back. Her big number one. But it wasn't a one-hit wonder because, I mean, I thought it was seven, but, I mean, she, I'm going to go back and look while my numbers are off, but she had 12 top tens uh, on, on some different charts. And so, um, and like I said, Rolling Stone ranked her number 18 for the best female dance artist of all time, Billboard Mag, 28th most successful dance artist of all time. And one of my favorites that I don't think even reached top 10, but uh, Send Me a Lover. Ooh, that is a great and powerful song. And I mean it when, you know, I listen to Celine and love her voice and Aretha, uh, Mariah, um, Whitney Houston. And uh, I think Taylor Dane is right up there. And, uh, you know, different genres and different styles, but, uh, man, she could belt it. Again, go to TaylorDane.com. If you're out in L.A. in January, uh, buy some tickets if there's any left to get out there. On the 27th, I'll actually be in Arizona, darn it. At least I'll be close, but I doubt I'll hear her sing from Phoenix. But anyway, um, yeah, it was great to have her on and go to the website and check her out on Twitter. It is at Taylor Dane, and you could watch videos and see all kinds of stuff that she's done, some Facebook little mini concert things, and she's releasing that new album. Just go to TaylorDane.com and check it out. And Dane remembers D-A-Y-N-E, Taylor Dane, D-A-Y-N-E. We'll be right back for more to close this whole thing up on Breaking the Norm, so make sure that you stay right there. We'll be right back. Welcome back into the show. Well, my thanks to Taylor Dane. That was such a, a, a she is so cool. I don't know if you got that vibe there, but, man, I'll tell you what, that was uh, that was kind of really cool for me, man. I really loved having her on the show. Um, down to earth, funny. Can you hear that little voice? and the act? The, you hear the, the singing talent and the actress talent in there jumping into the British accent and just starts singing. Wow. Unbelievable. Again, in my opinion, one of the single greatest female voices, not just of her generation, but of all time. There have been some amazing, you can see, you know, Karen Carpenter was one of her uh, inspirations. And I loved Karen Carpenter. You talk about a voice. I still listen to the Carpenters every now and then, man. She could absolutely sing. But Taylor Dane, um, go to taylordane.com. 
on Twitter at Taylor Dane. You can find videos all over the place, and she really um, is active with her fans. And she's also an author. Tell it to my heart how I lost my, you know what, conquered my fear and found my voice. That's available everywhere. You can get it on the Kindle for two bucks. Why not? She's sold over 75 million records worldwide, three-time Grammy-nominated superstar. She's won an AMA, uh, multiple New York Music Awards. She's in the New York Hall of Fame. Um, Her voice is just effortless. So, you know, make sure you check it out. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to Breaking the Norm.